Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yeah! Yeah! And we had a great episode last week with a friend of the podcast, Alex. I just want to thank him again for taking the time out to join us yeah. for a fun episode. That's cool. <laughs> and I don't know if I made this clear on that episode or not, because we're recording right now without me ever editing that episode but that's a little behind the scenes <laughs> i would love to hear um from our listeners their ideas or what they would love in a a traditionally animatronic like classical disney ride what their their ideal hellboy like uh what are they called what are they called like there's like a name for that ride like the peter pans and the snow whites at Disneyland? Uh, like, oh. what, like, not like experiences or some shit. Like, is it like... A bla- I, it's like black... I don't know if it's black light. I'm... Are you yelling at me, Beth? Dark dark ride? Yeah, dark Dark ride. rides? Beth, you gotta have... You gotta have a fiancé that knows your shit in Oh, because, the like, you, like, come up on stuff that's, like, lit, <laughs> and it's, like, each... It's separated by just you being in a dark room. Yeah, or like throughout it stays dark, and then the things, yeah, throughout. Yeah, it, essentially that's it. Oh. But like, I would love to hear from our listeners their pitches or their ideas into the dark, a dark ride for Hellboy. You'd have to have a Liz pyrotechnic <laughs> area. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> blasting real fire that like you could feel the heat of. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very, that's very reminiscent of like the old classic King Kong. An earthquake ride. I wonder if that's like sustainable or if that would just cost. I mean, I guess all of those rides cost a lot of money. Yeah. Have you ever read Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? Yeah. Yeah. That ride's really fun. (laughs) Yeah. You go to hell and you feel the heat in that room briefly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's doable. So I want to hear, I would love to hear from our listeners their pitches into that animatronic dark ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's all. That's all I wanted to say before we jump into, um, this week's story, which is very exciting. I mean, it's been a while. We through we went through the weird tales. We got back to the main Hellboy storyline. We got to catch up with him, but now we're returning back to the BPRD. Yeah. And I think the last we left off was Abe kicked the shit out of his old bastard friends. Yeah. And- in in Indonesia, like on some mysterious island. Yeah, That's, all of Langdon calls, you know, old buddies, old yeah. robo robo buddies. That was a <laughs> long time ago. When did we read that? That was like is, six months ago, or if more, more. It's yeah, uh, I can't even remember now. But Garden of Souls, it has been quite a while since we read that. Yeah, it came it was, right back. It came right back though. Reading it, I was like, um, oh yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that. That it was such a fun. It's such a fun. I'm just reminiscing because it was such a fun read for us. Yeah. So it's and it it's, was it was really memorable. Like sometimes I do have trouble. Like I'm like, oh, I have to go back and reread all of the stuff. But like that last, yeah, the last BPRD was just so much crazy shit happened that you like can't help but remember it. <laughs> yeah. And this uh, one's shaping up to be the same way. A hundred percent. Um, this one's shaping up it's to be nuts. Why not? Let's just get into it. Kate. Sure. <laughs> Let's see. So it was uh, uh, published between August and December of 2007, written by Mike Mignola and John Arcudi, illustrated by Guy Davis, 
colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley Boo. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. Uh, yeah, so it's like, it's fun because... Oh, wait, we're we talking about the covers right now? Or wait, we're we yeah, talking we about... Could t- we can talk about the cover, yeah. We can do that first. Because the cover for this one in particular shows you got Daimyo, you got Liz, you got Abe, and then you got some huge guy that you're like, who's this guy? If you're coming yeah. right back into it. And I love that both of us are are new to BPRD. Like, we don't have me who's read the Hellboys ahead of you yeah. or any of that. Like, we're both going into this with little to no knowledge of the storylines that are going to unfold. And I loved it because I, when I was reading, like, the description, it was like, there's a new member to the BPRD. And I immediately just assumed it was this character on the cover. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, a new guy. That's yeah. cool. Little do we know that someone we already know. Yeah, right. And, and it takes a bit. It took a bit for my brain to figure it out. I was. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it at first. I mean, I mean, you know, they say it in the opening like scene of it or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, but he's it's very funny, though. It is very funny. And the new member is completely a surprise, which I love. But we'll yeah. get into it. Uh, but yeah, go on with about the cover, because I think this cover, these covers are like I like the use of color on these covers, like the red, the use of red is particularly. Yeah. For mine, I'm seeing it's like all in a red wash like the whole thing is like how they do it you know when they're like where where they're they're like the compilations they have like the yeah. cover but it doesn't have the like title or and it's not in its like yes. original color yeah mine's so for the, me the oh that looks one. great i love that with the blue and the red there yeah yeah mine's like sort of a red maroon just like wash on the whole thing oh interesting yeah um which you know it it, like it's similar to in the hellboy ones where they'll have like just a gray yeah version of the cover which like i don't hate but i would like to see the original too yeah it looks like you're reading from the trade and yeah. I'm reading from the omnibus. That's the yeah. two, why there's, those are different. Oh, gotcha. But I mean, the the composition of it looks cool and it's like pretty ominous. You just get the team in front of the, the Colorado BPRD headquarters. Mm-hmm. And the bottom panel of this one, as they've done in a lot of BPRDs before, is like, <laughs> is like <laughs> all a different kind of like bar of some other imagery and in this one it's just a ton of bones which is a little it's like uh oh what's gonna be there uh (laughs) yeah so it's um it's cool to see everybody again we open up and it's like the um like one of the meeting rooms of the bprd we got this this guy that we don't recognize yet eating like a tray of lasagna with like a two liter of coke uh, yeah, yeah, and this is what I meant. Is like I love the idea. I, uh, just to jump three pages ahead, I yeah. love the idea that they don't immediately tell us in the first page that it's it's Kraus. Yeah, it, I, for those first three pages, like who the fuck is this yeah, guy? Who's this guy? <laughs> he loves to eat. Yeah, I was like, who is this? I'm so confused why he's eating so much. It's very funny. <laughs> and they're just kind of talking to Daimyo. They're like, hey, uh, like it's sort of mid-conversation, but you pick up that they're like, what's going on with your background? Like, how would you come back? And, and stuff like that. And Daimyo's getting pretty testy. He's like, everybody chill out. Like, stop looking at me. This is yeah, too much. And, and they're also worried because... 
the crimson um oh my god what is her name i just totally blanked all of our listeners are gonna kill us or yell at us lotus crimson yes lotus? crimson lotus is his grandmother yeah they found that in the dossier so they're really going like hey what's up with that <laughs> like why isn't yeah. that Lo- yeah, they're like, so why are getting you? You with. never said anything about that. And he's like, oh, what the hell? Like, I, it's not like I inherited some evil thing and like, you're one to talk, Kraus. And like, basically, <laughs> it's like, what were your grandparents up to in World War II? Kind of like, hey, you're, you, you know, some family member of yours might have been a Nazi. Does that make you evil? Yeah. Um, it's a good thing know. to throw in somebody's face <laughs> it's a it's a it's a pretty rough dunk on someone to be like yeah well you might have been a nazi or something yeah um but you know he's very de- like Damien is very defensive about it he obviously doesn't he feels terrible about it and doesn't want to talk about it it seems like you know i think that we as viewers of the comic understand that he's still battling against this thing that whatever kept him alive i'm sure he feels immense guilt that his whole platoon died and he lived and not only that it it like potentially makes him super dangerous so it's like you know he probably doesn't want to face that fact publicly in front of his friends like i potentially am very dangerous person but i mean i guess they kind of all are yeah they all are to the to the outside world are potentially dangerous for sure yeah i think this is what i like is like daimyo as a reader and probably from for our point of view reading he he has come off as a good ally you know what i mean yeah he's he's he's, he's had people's back it's particularly rogers he helped roger become a guy and then he let he even felt remorse for roger then abe he's the one that went out to indonesia and helped abe through all that craziness yeah and so like there's this really cool like imbalance going on right now where people are like we're like well give him a chance he hit but then you're also going yeah but he does also have something he hasn't told you guys about right <laughs> yeah he has there's like a level of trust that they haven't reached yet as a team mm-hmm. like i think he's really trying but it's also like yeah this thing is still really uh a uh, sensitive thing for him that he doesn't want to confront with yeah. like anybody else. So it's just like, I'm dealing with this by myself. And I think it also brings in like just the two of them. Like he's kind of tr- proving his family's loyalty to like the country, which I think is a pretty relevant thing now too, where it's like a lot of like, like immigrants are coming under attack from like Trump and shit like that. So it's like, Proving that you're like American or whatever, like, you know, your patriotism when it's like, I'm, I am American. Like I was born here. My dad fought in Vietnam and all this stuff. And I'm sure that as like a metaphor that that's like what this is too. It's, uh, it's like, not just like, oh, I have a personal secret, but it's also like trying to prove that you, I guess, deserve to be there without having to disclose every single one of your (laughs) secrets or whatever. So it's like a very interesting character, uh, like, like line storyline that's going on. Yeah. And I think it's very cool that like, without being overtly exactly the same, it is, it is playing parallel paths with Hellboy, what we've already dealt with. Because I think with Hellboy in this storyline, his has moved past a little bit of the world, like in the, like, uh, not moved past is the wrong word, but he's dealing with still like 
his destiny, what people expect from him because he's a half demon and where he comes from, his lineage. Whereas that's the same theme that's going on with Damio. Yeah. Everybody's just like, well, we're questioning. Yeah. Uh, you wonder if Hellboy was there, if he would put it, he would put an end to it. If he'd be like, yeah. shut up. If he'd be like, yeah, that has nothing to do with this guy as a, as a guy. I guess it's, it's, it's tough because Hellboy, there's no hiding where he's from. You know, there's no hiding like that past. And I guess they're grilling Daimyo because he didn't want to tell them. But it's also like, why would I want to tell you if it, if it doesn't affect me, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would I want to go into it if it's something that isn't something that makes me evil or whatever? I, I think he has like some guilt about it, too. So he doesn't want to talk about it. It's a, it's a great it's great drama because both sides in a weird way are right. Like, yeah, he has, yeah, he's right to be like, I don't need to tell you that. And they're also right, like, well, yeah, I think we you should tell us. <laughs> right. You know everything about us and like every horrible thing that we've ever done. Like Liz killed her family and people forgave her. Like there's trust in opening up and and talking about these things that you kind of fear about yourself. That would make the team stronger, I think. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, do I have to go into every single thing in my past to prove something to you guys? Like it's, it's a, yeah, it's like you said, both sides, you can see their, their side of it and see that they're both kind of right. Very cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And then drama. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, Abe's like, Hey, our, our new tenants arriving. He's like, yeah, let's go welcome him. I like that he calls him poor Slav. He's such an, uh, Damio is in such a pissy mood. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, whatever. Great. Let's do it. (laughs) Abe's like, I wasn't even in there. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah. And also we're going to move on to this next scene. It furthers our story, but I got. I just also got to keep commending them to be like to allow us as the reader not to uh, not to yet even explain why. Like I think we as the readers, if we're up to date, we can put it together. Yeah, like the dots of like why this body, this guy is now Kraus. Yeah, but you still, I love that they're they're smart enough to be like, don't give it to him yet. They're putting it together. We'll yeah. fully explain it later, and it just leaves you like. Oh, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it does that thing, too, of like letting the reader solve this puzzle. And like in doing that, you kind of make the reader feel smart in a way. Like it's like, oh, that squirts out a little serotonin for me because I'm <laughs> I figured it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember from these big hulking bodies from the last story, even though it's been a while. And it's like, yeah. So if you're like astute reading and like looking at uh, like looking at it closely, I think you could totally figure it out. But it's still like you still want to know what the hell happened. Yeah, exactly. It's really fun. <laughs> Then back at the uh, Connecticut BPRD headquarters, we have this federal agent, uh, Mr. Dorn. Oh, wait, no. Mr. Dorn is the BPRD security guy here. But this other agent is here to collect another prisoner, if I'm understanding that right. And like, yeah, I'm trying to see. Well, he says that. I think there's something else going. This whole scene feels very like. This guy's not telling this police officer or the security guard everything. Yeah. He's very he's much like, like, he's like, he's why making are you it even sound here? like the Wendigo. He's making it sound like he's picking to me. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, is he picking him up? And like, cause he's talking about Canada and like, uh, I don't know. I, I thought like the same I, thing. Yeah. I couldn't totally remember. I was like, I don't know. 
So he like he's like, oh, I just got to grab my computer and, and see you later. He seems like legit, though, in whatever he's doing. Yeah, like, was he just an idiot? Did he really just forget his this important information at the at the headquarters that they closed down? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I guess. Well, it seems like he's a family man. Maybe he was just distracted. True. And he was like, oh, shit, I got to go get my laptop as he's driving these like police lights come on and he's like uh he's talking to his wife he's like i know i'm gonna miss my daughter's soccer game so it seems like you know he's got a lot going on yeah um these police lights come on and pull him over and he's like explaining as he's looking at his information like look officer i'm sorry about the cell phone i was on emergency call i'm a federal agent so and he looks up and sees this guy scowling down at him who's like not in any kind of police uniform or anything this guy rips the (laughs) agent out of his window and chucks him into the street and hops in his car, steals it and peels out. And then the agent's just left standing there in the street. Like what happened to the police car? So there wasn't even a police car. So you get the, you get the impression that whoever this like rogue weird guy who pulled the agent out of the car, maybe he's like magical in some way or can project some, you know, he, he like somehow, made it seem as though there were like police lights pulling up behind him and there's no car at all. So you don't know how this guy pulled that off. Yeah. It's so mysterious and I'm very, Very. it's such a cool little mystery to add. I'm very curious if this guy, if our agent knew this guy, it, I, I, I get, I, I have a feeling it could go either way. Like, cause his no, no, no. And like, is that just to the physical part or does he, as does he know who he is? It's, there's so much mystery in just this simple two scenes yeah yeah it's it's weird you're like what's going on with this fellow you get you get the impression that he's not trying to do any good by sabotaging this agent then it cuts back to colorado we see the wendigo just like fully gone off the deep end like roaring and thrashing around and they're kind of talking to this air force guy like you were supposed to sedate him he's like i sedated the shit out of him he you make him go to sleep (laughs) <laughs> you guys are, you're the voodoo magic guys. And I um, was like, oh, this is your pal Daryl, huh? And it's just kind of like, you know, he's like, oh, I guess, you know, there's not much Daryl left in him. But then they kind of, it's it's pretty sad because if there was any Daryl left, they, Daimyo and Abe sit there and have a conversation about how the family has probably moved on and happier without him. And Daryl's just like in there screaming. So if it's like, you know, maybe there is like an ounce of Daryl left in there, yeah. but he's just like distraught too. It's like a pretty sad scene. It's very, it's very yeah. sad. And it's just like, especially because we were introduced to Daryl through his backstory and we know where he, like the sad, like how bitter sad it was to watch that character. And to now just see him just fully just be a, a, a mindless monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least yeah, he's like totally main. devolved. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a sad thing. I like how his little th- claws are drawn. I think they're neat. Yeah, and I like how they go around the bar. Yeah. Very creepy. They're like hook hook kind of hands. Then it cuts to Johan talking to Kate. They're walking down the hallway. He's chomping a hoagie. <laughs> he's a he's regular like, Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just enjoying his senses. He's like, I haven't smelled or tasted anything in so long. It's awesome. Uh, it's so great. And then like he talks about, yeah, when we got this body from Indonesia, 
um, from all of like like Langdon Call's buddies had created all of those like husks that they were going to inhabit, like put all these souls into. So now they have this big soulless body that they can plug Johan into. And I like I like showing this sort of like young version of the body that has like no hair whatsoever. Yeah. And then his version like has grown a little bit of hair and stuff. And Johan's like, this is so great. Like I'm in a big, strong body. I'm going to last for a long time. It's going to be so cool. Kate's like, uh, yeah, it should be very useful. Like she's still kind of like trying to keep him on task to like do work. Yeah, I guess. And then uh, and then she asked him like, hey, what did a uh, daimyo mean about your about your grandfather, about like this World War Two stuff? Basically, he's like, well, why don't I tell you about it over dinner? Kate's like, uh, yeah, dinner. OK, uh, you know, and it's kind of like sidesteps it a little like, oh, you just ate a lot. He's like, yeah, I have an enormous appetite these days. She's like, yeah, I got a lot of work to do. I can't really. And he's like, yeah, well, some other night then. Good night. And so like, yeah, Johan basically just asked Kate on a date, essentially. Um, yeah. You know, let's go is... talk about it over dinner. Kate's like rolling her eyes. <laughs> like, oh, boy. No, thank you. She's like, great. I got another dude, you know, like the the dude to chick ratio with the BPRD is already pretty skewed and way off. <laughs> Kate's probably has a lot of guys, you know, like, hey, what are you doing for dinner? <laughs> yeah. And then now one that she works directly with. Oh, yeah. yeah. And She's it's like, like, all right, man. I, nah. <laughs> I mean, this will play into the rest of the story and we'll yeah. see where it goes. But it's like, also, he has such a tremendous appetite. It's like, oh, no, this is the right. first time you've had a body. He's All you not just eat. hungry. Yeah. His sexual appetite <laughs> is, is outrageous. He's like, a, it's funny. He's like a teenager, you know, he's like back in a back in a human form. And he like understandably is like very happy about it. it's been what like a hundred years or something since yeah. he's been in a human or you know close to since he's been inside a human body and before he was kind of this like sexless ghost like he was still like a well-rounded character but he was sort of like yeah just a ghostly version of himself and now that he's like mm -hmm. back to and he's back to like enjoying having a physical form you can tell he's liking it a lot yeah maybe it's too very much. funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's very enthusiastic then we get um this sort of like sepia tone scene so you can kind of interpret that it's going to be a dream pretty mm. quickly either a dream or a memory i guess we're not sure and neither is liz a dream a memory or a vision you know something or some all, all three or something that's a good way to put it. We see uh, like a mama cat with a bunch of little kittens nursing and a woman is talking to Liz, telling her like to get away from the cats. Like, what are you doing? It's too late. And then out of, like it's also like in this rubble, uh, you, like the remnants of a city. Mm -hmm. And as the woman tells Liz it's too late, a huge monstrous like mouth appears with like thousands of rows of teeth and um, starts chasing Liz and she wakes up in like a sweat and looks like shit. Like she's like, this is, she looks like she hasn't gotten a good night's sleep in a long time. She sees, uh, she sees Johan in, <laughs> in like the mess hall and he's got like the comedically like high stack of food on his tray. Insane. And, yeah. It's very funny. So we can assume that's 
Panya, right? Like a young version of Panya in Kate's dream. That's a yeah. Is that, that is a great. Do you think that's the I, case? I didn't put it together when I first read it, but in the reread, yes, I think you're a hundred percent right. I didn't. I didn't realize. Who I didn't it was either until now, looking like, at it just oh. now. Yes. I was like, that's gotta be it, because she sort of guides her later, and like the whole thing of the cat later, like I think it must be her. I think you're right. You are 100% right. uh, That's what a reread will do. It just opens you up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it truly is like very helpful, because especially there's like a lot of mystery in these first couple, so it's like helpful to go back and be like, oh, that's what this must be. Yeah. And yeah, Johan's like, what's going on? You want to hang out? And she's, uh, excuse me, Liz is like, yeah, I got to go meet Panya. It's my turn to like go meet her. He's like, all right, check you later. Like he's trying, you know, he's feeling great. He is really feeling himself. Johan wants to like hang out and party and like (laughs) be human. Liz goes in to meet Panya. She's like surrounded by these like this hospital curtain that completely surrounds her and all the instruments that are keeping her alive you know she's looking very old kate's or liz uh i i keep calling her kate liz has like this full like body suit like surgical mask and um hairnet and stuff like that and it made me it made me like laugh thinking about how Panya's like, oh, so much unnecessary masks and stuff. And she's like, yeah, uh, viruses have evolved. I'm like, oh, boy. It's weird timing right now for us yeah, to read this issue. Interesting timing. And then Liz got Liz got Panya like this, um, like a smoothie, basically, with all of her favorite fruits, most likely. It's like all fruits native to the island where she was. So she's like, it's good. It's got star fruit, durian, banana. Although, isn't durian fruit the one that, like, smells like a dead body? Am I thinking of the right one? It could be. I'm not aware. There's, like, a fruit that smells really bad. I've never had durian fruit. I've had star fruit. But anyway. I don't think I've had either. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, frozen to kill the bacteria so you can have some. She takes, like, a little sip and is like, yum. <laughs> she loves it. And sort of right away, Panya's like, can see how tired Liz looks. And she's like, it's your dreams, right? Uh, I had terrible insomnia for uh, fucking 11 years and (laughs) couldn't sleep and had terrible dreams. Liz is sort of like, well, it's nice to be able to like talk to another woman around here. And also to just like, I think like Liz is looking for somebody who will kind of pay attention to how fucked up she is right now. Like everyone else is trying to kind of like everyone else has their own thing going on. Kate is even trying to like keep everybody on task and like, you know, keep everybody focused on the fact that like they're fighting this war against all these frogs. And Liz is like sort of suffering by herself with her horrible dreams. So she's like finding some relief and comfort with having somebody to talk to about it. And Panya's like, can I have a kitty? (laughs) That would be nice. And then, um, then we sort of get Abe writing a letter over that conversation, talking to Tom, like, thanks for being so patient while I went to go figure out my own shit. And then it's it's sort of like talking over things happening around the BPRD headquarters here where we see like Kate working diligently, like doing this paperwork. We see Johan sitting around on his bed with uh, food wrappers and porno mags. <laughs> I, I honestly stopped in my like when reading it last night. I was like, I was like, he is straight up just looking at porn. He's just checking out swanky, swanky monthly. 
And I was like, so I, guess, I guess those big bodies, they put big dicks on them, too. Yeah, I, was like, oh I mean, he's God. probably like, you know, he's like, man, I haven't had a dick in a hundred years. It used to be so cool. Uh, let's see how cool it is. And, you know, so he's just like sitting there. It's like a, he's like a teenager or something. He's Very just like, much. you know, he's like enjoying he's chugging soda and like <laughs> boxes <laughs> of food back there. We see the Wendigo like just howling. And meanwhile, over it all, Abe is kind of talking about how like we sort of like the leader is sort of like amorphous, like it changes and. We all have to be ready to be leaders at any given moment. As he, like, continues to write this letter to Tom over panels of Daimyo, like you said, crossing the days off. Yeah. And it's approaching this circled day that he's, like, seems to be really worried about. He's, like, clutching his stomach and is either in physical or mental pain or both. Um, We see his grandmother's, like, little monkey friend in the jar there in his room. Yeah, the kabuki mask. Yeah. I think it's kabuki. I, yeah, I, I think so. Um, Somebody can correct me if yeah, I'm Yeah, if we're wrong, just, you know, tell us. And then, yeah, just, uh, he's like, you know, you, like, we're going to work really hard. You, uh, you won't be disappointed for trusting us. Uh, respectively, Abe Sapien, BPRD headquarters, blah, blah, blah. And then we see a plane flying with some, like, classified BPRD info. And the guy who stole that info... In the plane seat, flying along, like, uh, towards Colorado, we got to assume. Yeah, I would assume And he's well. seeing all this, like, secret shit. And, yeah, just, uh, we're like, what the fuck is this guy up to? Yeah, because even the flight the flight attendants, like, we're, we're, we'll be landing in Denver in just a few minutes. Yeah. It's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. This guy like, can throw human on? men out of a car. A yeah, car he's super strong. <laughs> he can somehow convince you that there are police lights on behind you. So, like, maybe he has some magical ability. I don't know. It's really I don't cool. No, either. Do you have, uh, before we go on to chapter two, um, any thoughts or favorite favorites or thoughts about any of this first issue? Um, I guess I, I do really like, I, I think the Wendigo is just a cool looking character. Uh, so it's cool to see him again. His like long lanky claws and like weird feet and stuff are really fun. Yeah. The, those things are probably my favorite. What about you? I, 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 overall, I just getting back to the BPRD. I'm like, it's a reminder of how well I think John Arcudi and Guy Davis work together in addition to Dave Stewart. Like the storytelling is, it's like, we talked, we talked about this in the last episode and we've talked about it before, but like the idea of there being a BPRD TV show. And I'm like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it would be perfect time for this, especially because we're in an age right now where people are, are contemplating sort of us moving away from traditional cop TV shows. At least yeah. we hope, we hope. Yeah. This would be a great show to take its place. A show like this where it's like it's a fictional organization that's sort of reminiscent of that, but it's in, it's supernatural. And then you could literally just use these stories from the book as pitches to how the show would work. Yeah. Because I love I think all they the, would translate really well. Yeah, I get you're going to have to adapt it. It's not going to go one to one. But the, the, even the use, I love the use of like, it's it's all pretty standard narrative moving forward. Yeah. But I, I loved the device at the end 
of the letter. And that literally was like, oh, this is just a montage at the end of the episode. It was perfect. Yeah. It was like, like wrapping I, up all their stories. <laughs> yeah. It's like, OK, let's like I feel like I've been watching a lot of Ozark lately. So I'm about to finish the last season shortly. It's just like, yeah, this is how a TV show ends the episode is like you you sort of wrap everything up. But or at least wrap up what you need to cover for that up and then leave us with something at the end like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Some t- and this is like a one way to do it is checking in with every character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like nice and uh, like straightforward and concise. Like you get the picture of what's going on with everybody as you wrap up. Yeah, I'm I'm and I love they do a lot of like catching up within like only two pages in a sense. Like, for example, Liz's dream is two pages and it just quickly reminds us of what her state was. Right. When we last left with left her. But it also isn't giving us more information. It's not just being repetitive. Yeah. For repetitive sake. It's and I think they've done that with every single character thus far in these in this issue. Yeah. And. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it's a it. great way to bring you back and be like, okay, let's pick it back up where we left off. But here's a reminder sort of of where everyone's at. It was a great um, first issue. Yeah. And I mean, the smallest detail is like the fact that Panya has a bandage on her arm where uh, I think it was Edward or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it was peeling her flesh peeling. off. Yeah, yeah. Like it's small Ugh. details like that that you go, oh, I remember that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I think my if I had to pick a favorite panel all around, it would just be that last of the Wendigo um, howling. Yeah. I just think it's so haunting that, that that last Wendigo. It's so sad, man. What a sad, quick turn for Daryl. Yeah. Oof. Such a bummer. Yeah, it is a big as bummer. We'll, yeah, we'll see in chapter two. I mean, chapter two, we see the Wendigo just out in the hallways. So, you know, shit's going down. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he's like loose. scratching the metal, like creating like dents in the metal with his claws. So it's like just showing you how strong he is now and like how feral basically. And then we see him like looming over Daimyo who I think fears something similar will happen to himself once he reaches this uh, day that's coming up um, and more bones surrounding them. So it's Ooh. like, oh shit. Yeah. Something bad. Yeah. Dark, ominous cover. Love it. Um, And it opens with Daimyo writing. I don't know what this character means. I don't either. But writing a character on a piece of paper and burning it inside of this like urn or just like this like carving, basically this ornate carving, which might be summoning the guy who helps him or like doing some sort of magic. Yeah. Like at first I wasn't unclear, but I think later on what when... I think it made it clear that this was definitely a summoning, I thought. Yeah. For sure. Like calling that guy to be like, hurry up and help me because I need you. And it's um, a bef- and it seems to be ahead of schedule. Yeah. I like get the the idea like between this and then what's going to happen a couple pages later. It yeah. feels like he's definitely like more Daniel's than usual. like sweating. He's like, he's looking real sweaty and a little distraught. It's interesting too, because in the first issue, he was so defensive about not being like his grandmother. And she, he was like, she was just a witch who learned, you know, she did witchcraft from books that she learned. It's not like that is something that she passed down to me. And here he is performing witchcraft uh, or some some version of like magic to 
kind of maintain his human form, we can assume. And yeah, I think so. He That might be another reason why he's like sensitive about it, because it's another thing that they might be like, well, what are you doing this for? And then he would have to defend himself for just keeping just keeping himself normal, you know? Yeah. And then it cuts to Johan pumping iron. He's like lifting like the most, <laughs> the most weight that you can. The bar's bending. Yeah, he's bench pressing what people would do as like a lift. Yeah, <laughs> for the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. And Kate, looking very unimpressed, walks up to him. Impressive, uh, <laughs> Kate. Hey, uh, like you still want to go to dinner? Or she's like, No, Johan, you got to do your paperwork. Okay, like. There's a ton of paperwork that we've said we were going to do. We got to go get summaries from that crazy professor. <laughs> so, O'Donnell. O'Donnell, yeah. So go check on him and, like, do your work. And he's just kind of like, Marr, I don't want to do my work, like, a little bit, you know? Yeah, he's like, I'm cooped up. I have this new body and I'm cooped up in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, like, stu- be stuffy and do all this paperwork anymore. But, like, I guess she's used to Johan doing all that without like really having to push him yeah. because he was just like, you know, not being in a body for the first time in a hundred years before this. Uh, so we see Johan's trying to do the right thing. He's like going to professor O'Donnell's room. Who's just napping on a pile of research. <laughs> yes. Thousands <laughs> of piles. <laughs> yeah. Just huge piles. And Johan's just like, wonderful. And you can assume he just like slowly closes the door so he doesn't yeah. like wake him up. <laughs> He's like, can't blame me for not yeah. waking him up. Well, it wasn't my fault. He was sleeping. <laughs> and then then it cuts to the Wendigo slurping down a whole deer. He's got his crazy like bent up feet. His feet are like so wild to yeah. me in this one. And... You know, Rod, Abe is still like, you know, he's got to eat. He's like still some bit of Daryl is in there maybe. And he's, you know, he's got to eat something. Daimyo is getting like kind of defensive. He's like, he wouldn't want to eat roadkill. He would want to eat a steak if he was still a man. And he's like, well, how come you're spending so, Abe's like, how come you're spending so much time here? He's like, I just need a distraction. Okay. But like. You kind of get the impression as a reader that he empathizes with with Daryl and feels kind of like, is this what's going to happen to me? Am I going to turn into a mindless creature that just murders everybody? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's going to go what's going to go on with me? And you kind of get the sense that that's why he's like sitting there looking. Then Kate calls up Abe and is like, have you seen Johan? And then it cuts to Johan just blasting out of the headquarters with like in a jeep and you're like where is he off to he's just like i'm out of here yeah and he has like the funniest like archie it looks like an archie character grin on his face yeah he's like (laughs) he's like a kid getting away with something it's pretty funny and then it cuts to one of liz's like dream foreshadowing memory things with the same color tone uh as we saw in the first issue where she's seeing like more of the frogs, frog creatures eating people. She's seeing more of these crazy, like awful Lovecraftian sort of like monsters that have come to Earth to yeah. destroy the cities. Oh God, what are they called? The Sadu, the the children of the dragon. Yeah, like Sadu Hem. What are they called? I feel terrible that I cannot remember. <laughs> I'm going to look it up because I'm going crazy in my brain. What are they called? I don't have my companion right here. Ogdruhem? 
Yeah, Audru, yeah, the Ogdu. Yeah, Ogdu Ham, the children of Ogdu Jihad. Yes. Oh, and Saduham was one, one of, of the Ogdu Ham. Yes. Yeah. So that's what these big creatures are like. Yeah. Ogdu Ham, and it's they're terrifying. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah they're like many eyed and tentacly and crustaceany and just like look really awful in general and there's like a completely destroyed city with like you know just these creatures writhing around some are like flying like bats through the air and it's just awful liz is like looking distraught she sees this mysterious figure that we have seen her encounter in her dreams before mm-hmm. who's kind of like okay now you're you're understanding the enormity of your situation and he's telling her i'm not lying to you miss sherman i've never lied and you will never know me to lie not to you and like just still like very mysteriously alluding to something that she has to do the time is drawing nearer than you think you have to face this now and she walks right through him mm-hmm. as though he's a ghost And she's like, I'm fucking tired. Like, I can't tell anybody what's going on with me. And this guy is sort of like, oh, this is all my fault. I'll make it right, Elizabeth. And she says, what? And then wakes up. And then we see Panya opening, like talking to her cat that Liz has gotten for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Liz comes in. It's just just like says hi. So we assume that Liz is going to kind of open up about her dreams more to Panya. Am I saying her name right? I realize. Panya? I think Panya's right. Okay, cool. I, and the, then, the eyes on her cat are very mysterious. It's a little spooky. Well, yeah. I guess like, you know, if the light hits your cat's eyes a certain way, they're going to look like these little demons. And Yeah, and I think that's cool that like Dave Stewart and uh, Guy Davis captured that. Like yeah. when your animal's eyes hit the light just like that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like a fun way to kind of be like, like Panya's not necessarily like a witch, but she's certainly like magic. There's something magical about her, so... Is, and also her, like, origins in, in Egypt account for, like, her having this, like, cat familiar slash pet. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see that connection. And then, um, meanwhile, we see, like, in uh, some, like, hangar on the side of the BPRD headquarters, um, this guy, this mysterious guy who ripped the like sort of stole the agent's stuff <laughs> from the first issue. He's, like, hacking into the door sneaking into the room and just has this scowl on his face. You can tell he's like probably up to no good. Yeah, he is pissed. (laughs) He's looking mad. Then back in Daimyo's room, we see a portal opening up and this old healer walking through who we've seen before. I love Um, the detail that there's like the the, the portal opens and then he has to put his hands through and open it. Yeah, he's like opening a curtain into this realm. And he's got, like, all of his stuff. He's got, like, his table that Daimyo sits on and, like, all of these, like, instruments and things that he carries with him. Um, It's, like, really fun to look at. And he's like, hello, Captain Benjamin, I am here. Like, you know, kind of calling for him. (laughs) And uh, so urgently you call. I doubt not your need. And he, like, magically, like, disperses all of his objects that he has. Like, they all sort of, like come off of him you get the sense that they're like floating away from him and he grabs his lantern to go look for daimyo because he's not in his room then it cuts back to some bprd like janitors pushing all of the the fucking like food containers that johan leaves behind (laughs) now they're like welcome to the freak show (laughs) (laughs) these freaks get weirder every day basically like yeah this guy now he eats nonstop. and then we see the sneaky guy the like 
mysterious figure, like all clad in black, and he's like kind of sneaking around behind them. Mm. And he's going to the armory or towards the armory. So you're like, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. Like, what is he up to? What is it? Yeah. It's very inner. I love, I love the mystery behind this dude. Yeah. And then meanwhile, uh, Liz is back talking to Panya, sort of just like being comforted by holding her cat. And she sort of talks about like, yeah, I used to have a cat when I was a little girl back in Egypt. And then I had like a dream that my father came and yelled at the cat. And then all of a sudden, my father wasn't my father. He was the ghost of Akhenaten. Akhenaten? Yeah, I didn't look up Akhenaten. And yeah, she's like explaining her dream to Liz. And my kitty, well, do you want to know who my kitty was, Liz? And Liz is already asleep. Oh, poor girl. And like, Ollie is the name of her cat, is like meowing at Liz to like wake her up and and Ponyo's like, no, no, she she's going to need her sleep. Like understanding that Liz is also going to have to face something like you get the impression Ponyo already knows what Liz has to do, like or what's going like she has insight about what Liz's dreams mean that Liz doesn't even know yet. Which is, I don't know, a little spooky. Liz has to figure it out. Just so you know, Akhenaten is a is a, a pharaoh, an ancient okay. Egyptian pharaoh, reigning from thirteen fifty three to thirteen. 13- 36 or 1351 to 1334 BC, the 10th cool. ruler of the 18th dynasty. Sweet. And he's noted for abandoning Egypt's traditional polytheistic, polytheistic religion and introducing Antonism. Does that mean multiple gods? Well, poly- to- polytheism means multiple, multiple. gods. So he narrowed yeah. it down to Antonism. Or I'm. Fuck, you can tell I don't know how to read. Uh, <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I, I just don't know all that. It's like it refers to a religion, the religious change associated with the ancient Egyptian tale. The religion centered on the cult of the god Anton, the disc of the sun. So it just, yeah, made it Okay, one. so he's like, it's just the sun god now. We're focusing on yeah, the sun god. Yeah, it seems that's, I mean, this is me briefly reading about it. So Interesting. It wasn't widely accepted, so. Which was interesting. It, was, it seemed to have been controversial when he did this. I yeah. bet it would be, yeah. If your whole like, <laughs> if your whole society is like based on believing in all these different gods, and then somebody's like, "No, it's just one now." It's just one. <laughs> like, okay, shit. Yeah, and then so we see the healer walking around with his lantern, looking for Daimyo all over the BPRD. Like, where are you? It's almost like he's. I love his little grin. Makes it seem like he's just playing hide and seek. Right. He's like <laughs> almost having fun with it. And the light in the lantern gets seems to get like bigger and bigger and starts to like engulf the lantern. Yeah. Um, as he's talking, he's like, he's like, uh, now we're on a path. Why you hide in the basement? I don't know. But you are here or you were. Your troubled spirit has uh, left its wake. So I follow. No, this isn't right. This is different. What shade travels here? And as he turns the corner, he sees the Wendigo, which like jumps out and attacks him. And his lantern is completely on fire now. And he's just scared as shit. And he's toast. Like, he's toast. (laughs) And meanwhile, Daimyo's having a steam in the steam room. (laughs) Abe comes in like, hey, where were you? Come on, we got to go. And everybody converges on this like bloody scene where the Wendigo escaped and attacked this healer who like Kate's like wonder. She's like, you're taking a see you. Nobody's here. 
Uh, meanwhile, this monster's killing people in our fucking headquarters. Abe's like, I knew he looked stronger than he was before. Kate's like, who the hell is this guy? Because they obviously don't recognize him, but there's like enough of his face left that Daimyo's like pretty sure that he knows. Who, he's like, yeah. you know, he's he kind of knows who it is. And this is but this is such bad news for Daimyo. He's like, what? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. Like he like, you know, he's kind of trying to deny knowing who he is. Yeah. And I like that moment particularly because I think they capture that th- that thing that happens like it's sort of it's it's sort of like a trope or a cinematic trope of like he's clearly picking up cloth that he recognizes from the old man or maybe even the lantern fabric, whatever. But he gets lost in that. And like you said, yeah. he's, it seems like you can pick up at maybe in that brief moment, he's thinking about the repercussions for himself. Yeah. And that's when she's like, like, who is, is that bad. guy? And it catches him. His what is a genuine what? Even though it's like that when you hear it, but you're not. Right. You know, you're thinking about something else. I yeah. love that. Yeah. He's like a million miles away. And Abe brings up an interesting thing where it's like, okay, well, this means that Daryl's spirit is freed and the Wendigo's new prisoner is probably still rational enough to talk to, which is like pretty cool. You're like, oh, okay. So this healer is like now still the somewhat there <laughs> and he's now the Wendigo. It's crazy. And Kate's like, yeah, we better get some surge crews together fast. Johan's not answering. He's pissing me off. And like, then we cut down to Shaney's boot scootin' roadhouse <laughs> where Johan's just hanging out with like a chick on each arm and like buying everybody drinks. And it's so funny because they're like, um, I love the way he talks. Yeah, you tell him, Arnold. Like he sounds like German or <laughs> I guess I guess Arnold's like from what, Austria? I don't know. Yeah, um, it's like he's Trying to be, yeah, but it's like, it's like he's putting on like a, maybe even the locals were like, this guy looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, he's talks big like, like Arnold and he's he t- tall. Yeah, he talks <laughs> like, so yeah, he's like, where were we? Like, they're just like, you know, hanging out. He's like flirting with these chicks and getting drunk because now he has a body and a liver and a. And a boner. Yeah, and a boner. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we leave off. He's like totally checked out of the BPRD. He's like. <laughs> completely enjoying his new body in a way that is distracting him from everything at hand. Which I, why I really like this and I think it's very complicated and great. If they went that direction, yeah. it, it doesn't, if you actually track, I think if you track back Johan's history, it's not like a weird left turn to me. It's yeah. not like, Oh, like this, it's not like, like, I think other writers, I would gleam like, oh, God, these writers are just men that want to just like. Like having a joke. Or a joke or fantasize about like, I got a new body, what it would feel like. But I'm like, no, Johan has been a little bit of a fucking creep since forever. I mean, literally in his spirit form, he started or not before he was, before he was a spirit form, he started an yeah. affair with a fucking ghost. Yeah, (laughs) you get the impression that he like falls in love very easily and is like easily kind of led astray. You know, he's like, yeah, he's a lustful person. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) You can really I mean, you could tell for sure in this one where he's like, cool, I'm going to I'm going to have sex, dude. This is awesome. I'm going to like chug two liters and then go have sex. Yeah. And again, I think it, it playing into the story and how it his distraction is now having repercussions at the, the headquarters just 
It makes it not feel just frivolous. Right. It gives his decisions some weight. Like it's it, it is kind of funny, but it's also like, oh, shit, he's he's looking over here when he needs to be helping his team. Like in the first issue, Abe wraps it up saying like, yeah, we are all essential to the BPRD continuing to do its job right. So if like one of them is gone or like distracted or something and they kind of all are like they all are dealing with their own individual shit. So it's pretty ominous. You're like, how are they going to be able to solve this? They're sort of all at this point. It's potentially like going to fall apart. So it's funny, but it's also like, oh, shit, they're this. This can't be good. None of this can be good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, wow. It's it's what a wild ride. This whole yeah. issue is. Any other f- final thoughts or um, our, our favorite panels or anything from this, this second issue? I do like that we get some of, like, Panya's more of her backstory, like, before she went to England when she was mm-hmm. still in Egypt. I thought that was cool. I, yeah, I love the opening of this portal that the healer does with all of his stuff. I think that's just, like, a cool image. Uh, yeah, I think that's those are probably my faves. What about you? I just absolutely love when the the little healer guy comes around the corner and that half yeah. pa- half page just being the Wendigo in his fucking gaping mouth. Yeah, it's perfect. Horror. It's like pointy shark teeth. <laughs> it's it's and and if you just think about it as a page, it's just a great jump, a great jump scare in a yeah. comic book. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I think it's just, and I just think all the detail and the coloring in that page is just phenomenal. Because as a reader, you're like, oh, I, you know, I think the Wendigo's locked up safe and sound. He's fine. He's eating. And, you know, why would he want to, why would he suddenly be strong enough to escape? But like, yeah, it makes sense too that he would because Abe's like, he definitely seemed more powerful than before. Yeah, and you're like, and there's a moment where this is what I like about the mystery that of all the different parts of this story so far is that this is issue two, and we have a guy that's sort of our wild card. We have no, we have no knowledge about this this guy that snuck into the BPRD. Yeah, and you can even contemplate he's going to the armory. Okay, is he trying to? Is he going to free the Wendigo? Because but then you're like, when you see the door, you're like, that doesn't look like anybody opened it for the Wendigo. He fucking no, he smashed, smashed that it. thing through. Yeah. <laughs> so then it just leaves you going like, then what the fuck is this other guy up to? Yeah. <laughs> if it's, it has nothing, you're just there's so much at play and Liz, all of Liz's stuff and Panya. It's just. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, what is Johan going to get his shit together? Uh, you know, is he going to get like He'll have to or else they'll all be toast. Yeah, it's like it's I'm um, it's crude, but it's like get your dick wet and get back to the goddamn yeah. bureau. <laughs> <laughs> Go jerk it and then come back and do your job. Oh, yeah, it's like come on. I I do have to say I really like it's like I hate that she's had to be put in this position to like sort of step up uh she already was capable of doing it, but she's sort of having to be put in a corner of having to not be a, like a friend. She has to be the boss. Yeah. But she is showing she's highly capable of it, which I enjoy. But it's just like, geez, she has to like take care of fucking everything right now. Oh, for Kate? Yeah, for Kate. Yeah. 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 It's it's it seems to be like weighing on her. You know, she's like it's I mean, she's doing it and she's trying to keep everybody in line, but it's still like. You can tell it's not it's not like something she loves to do. Mm-hmm. Like she's pretty crabby and it's like not the usual Kate. I feel like before Kate's like an excited researcher who's like this is like this is so interesting. Here's what's going on. Here's the background. And now she's like 
everybody get your shit together. We're fighting a war yeah. and nobody's acting like it. <laughs> yeah, because even though we haven't seen them, literally there is a war of frogs going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. That is dormant or like hidden away right now. But they're like, these things aren't gone. And then now yeah. this shit. <laughs> there was like a fucking state was destroyed. Like a whole city was destroyed by one of these things. So we got to try to stop that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i like that abe is back and he's stepping up as well to sort of be back to a a, a good very like focused team member yeah a, it's a lot of fun stuff happening it's great i'm very excited like i, I like i almost wish we could just blow through the rest of the story i right know now i'm like yeah, i want to like, read the rest ah, it's it's hard to wait on this one <laughs> yeah i was just thinking that i was like when these were first you know it must just be so hard for people waiting for each issue from month to month. Yeah. You know? <laughs> totally. I feel very, like, greedy. Like, I get to read the whole thing all at once. <laughs> it's funny. It is. Great. Well, that's my final thought. Can't wait to keep going. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't really have. Do you have anything that, that inspired you to suggest? Can't really think. I, uh, I don't know if we talked about this before, but the scary stories to tell in the dark about the Wendigo was always really cool. Oh, is the window go one where he makes the guy run really fast or yeah, something? Yeah, he like picks him up and you just uh, see his like footprints, which I think is like a pretty classic like folk part of that story that you like see the footprints in the snow get like further and further apart. And that's yeah. sort of what the scary stories one talks about. Have you seen that movie? Which one? The Wendigo the movie? No, the scary stories to tell in the dark. No, the one that like Guillermo del Toro, I think, produced or executive produced it, I think. Yeah, I think so. I was curious about it because some of the like puppets and stuff looked cool. I mean, I heard it wasn't great, but I think I, now that I'm remembering it, I might still want to watch it. If it lands on one of the streaming services I have, I'll, I'll check it right. out. Right. Yeah, if it's there for free. <laughs> That's how I see it. Fair enough. I think the only thing I, that comes to mind, and it's not even like a very inspired suggestion, is just because of the snow and the, particularly like the, the Wendigo getting loose in this like very claustrophobic headquarters. Yeah. Just makes me think of the thing immediately yeah like, yeah um and which is a classic movie that like any anyone probably that has read red hellboy has most likely seen but yeah if, i feel like it's in the same uh, you know same kind of neighborhood <laughs> yeah exactly it's so cool man like kurt russell's so good yeah. in that movie it's like not much on paper but he's just like such a charismatic actor i think he like brings so much to that movie i mean his beard in that movie does so much of the work <laughs> Same with uh, Keith David. Yeah, he's uh, he's the guy in the thing who's like at the end with uh, oh, Kurt yes. Russell's character who's like, yeah, well, we don't know if we're the thing either. Like, it's sort of like yeah. ominous. And he's like in They Live, too. He like gets in yes. a big fight. Yeah. He is awesome. And like, I feel like he knows what movies he's in. Yes, you're 100% right. You know, whenever he's in um, a John Carpenter movie, it's like he's so him and Kurt Russell are so perfect in John Carpenter movies, I think. Yeah, great collaboration when it, when it came to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, other than that's all I got <laughs> to yeah. suggest. That's um, great. That's a great suggestion. Um, but before we close out on this episode, we have a little segment at the end of this one of Hell to Pay. <laughs> uh, this is something that we have covered before, 
Um, we cover because there was an announcement that Hellboy and Fearless Dawn are doing a crossover. It's called Fearless Dawn Meets Hellboy. I've never read Fearless Dawn. Um, I'm not very familiar with it. The art is very different, of course, from Mignola. In the past, we, we covered just the, the covers that they released, which were very cool. Um, the Mignola and the originally artist for Fearless Dawn, which I'm trying to find the name on it because I'm not very... Uh, Steve Mannion. But then the, um, on comic book... Dot com. They re- they also gave some preview pages of the interiors, which is which is pretty cool. Um, they, they show definitely a very clear story that the Mignola does his sort of art to just demonstrate Hellboy's universe, and it has him like sort of going through a classic Romanian castle in '64 underground, finding some sort of like I guess Nazi astronaut or um, aeronaut. Um, in a sense, what's this, my pal, girlfriend? They have a lot of pages here. Yeah, they have quite a lot of pages, which you see him, like, look at this Fort Betty with this love, this sort of, like, bat bikini girl (laughs) military figure. And then he gets zapped by this machine into a different world, which is by Steve Mannion, which his style is very cool. His style reminds me. Yeah, I like it a lot. I don't know Steven Mannion very much, and we might have even talked about him, and I forget, but his style reminds me of Tank Girl. That's what immediately comes to mind. Yeah, I can totally see that, yeah. But I don't even know. Well, you get, like, a hot babe with, like, big guns and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, like midriffs, of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, It looks really cool. I really like it. Yeah, it's very funny. And I like it. They get he gets zapped to this world. They don't know who Hellboy is. They call him giant seven foot red guy. (laughs) (laughs) I like I like Steve Mannion's Hellboy. I think he's like funny and lengthy and cool. And I like his like sort of subdued abs. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. He's like a little grizzled. But it looks like a cool thing that I, I think I'll definitely want to get a copy of to check out when it gets released. For which sure. Is coming in September. This is, this is when this is expected. It looks like it will arrive on September 16th. I think it was originally supposed to be out sooner, I think, maybe. But, you know, with everything in the world, it got pushed back. So Have you been ordering stuff from you, – you've been ordering, like – issues from secret headquarters right yes i uh, luckily they are back to sort of like a normal now rotation at my local comic book store secret headquarters um the current things i've picked up uh decorum which is a new jonathan hickman a sci-fi which is hurts my brain when i read sometimes jonathan hickman where i'm like i love it but my brain hurts so i'm trying to figure out the world yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i've thor by donny Katz. Is is I got the most recent issue of that, which is wonderful. Um, what else? I picked up some new stuff from what I suggest. Um, I asked, I believe it was the guy Chris that works there. If I, I believe that, I hope that's his name. He, I was like, I need some new stuff that's not like mainstream Marvel or DC. And yeah. he suggested, he suggested something called Protector, but I have to wait for the trade to come out for it. And then I picked up Wonder Woman. Oh, I forget the name of it, but it's. There's this great comic book called Extremity, and he re, he's now doing for the black DC Black Label 
Wonder Woman, and I can't remember the subtitle off the top of my head right now, but um, his name is Mike Spicer, I believe, is who I'm thinking of. And the art was cool enough because I like his book Extremity so much that I was like, I want to check out this Wonder Woman by him. Nice. So I'm doing regular, yeah, I have like my regular holds from them. Yeah, I'm sort of transitioning over to make sure that I don't get anything comic book wise, print wise from Amazon going forward. Yeah, same. I, I've been kind of like using it as like a director, like a guide sometimes to like look at reviews and stuff like that. That's, but then yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of it. I do the same thing to see like, I use it as a guide also to see if like, oh, is this thing out as a hardcover yet or what? Right. And if it is, then I'll reach out. I'll email Secret Headquarters to be like, can you get this for me? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Totally. It's nice to have regular sort of comic books that I'm interested in reading back in the rotation because that's what I want to read. That's what I want to read. Hell yeah. <laughs> Are you reading anything recently, comic book wise, outside of our readings? Um, I was still finishing up the one that DC suggested to yeah, us. Yeah, that DC recommended. On a uh, moonbeam or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I need. I, um, it's really cool. I have a copy of that. It's like in. It's, it hasn't arrived at Secret Headquarters for me yet. Um, I'm digging it. It's like pretty sci-fi, you know. There's still like high stakes, but it's like... I, I think it was published online first. Like she was putting it on like as a webcomic, basically. Oh, cool. But it still feels like very uniform. Like it has like an overarching story that feels like complete... Like it's getting completed. It's it's cool. I really like it. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Listeners, if you want to tell us what you're reading and you want to give us suggestions, go ahead and do so. Um, and also offer up your thoughts on anything that we've covered today and um, Killing Ground or any other prior episode or going forward, as well as remember to give us your your um, what you would want in a dark ride slash animatronic uh, Hellboy ride. <laughs> I really want to hear from people on that if you can. You can email all those thoughts to us at Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast, Twitter Hellboy. You can stay up to date on what's coming down the line on there or any other things. We do, if you message us there, we'll reply to it. We, tip, we typically don't discuss that stuff on the show itself, but we're definitely on there regularly to, to quickly reply to you um yeah. and also hey if you have a picture that you include like an illustration of hellboy in the hellboy verse and it includes odd crap i've declared that i will share that on our story <laughs> if it includes <laughs> odd crap and then please on your platform that you are listening to the show if you can subscribe rate and review do so if that is apple podcasts if you give us a five-star review and your review starts with the word boom B-O-O-M, boom, we will give you a shout out. We will read your review right here on the show. We call that Boom Reviews. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we would love to hear from you, and we can't wait uh, to hear from you as well. That's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, we love you. Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horowitz. And we're the hosts of I Burn Everything. It's a podcast about food and relationships, which, you know, if we're being honest, are two out of the three things people want to talk about anyway. What's the third thing? Netflix. Okay. We'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. Anywhere you listen to your podcast. Apple? iPod? Stitcher? Do you still have iPods? (laughs) (laughs) If you have an iPod, do it on an iPod. I don't know. 
If you have a Zune, do it on your it's Zune. It's probably hard to even charge them now. Yeah. Good luck. And if you have a Tamagotchi, you can't do any of this. Yeah, you can't stream audio on a Tamagotchi, but you you can feed them. Yeah, you still so keep feed feeding those it. little buggers. They're hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Campfire.